Hello and welcome to the next installation of Cyflix on Tune FM. I'm the host, Marissa Betts, and this uh, Cyflix for this month, October, we have the animated film Ratatouille showing at the Belgrave Cinema on Saturday, the 22nd of October at 2.10 in the afternoon. And talking with Ratatouille, we have UNE microbiologist and food scientist, Dr. Gal Winter. Thank you very much for joining me. Ah, oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> okay, so firstly, with these conversations, I like to unpack a little bit about you as a researcher and how you got into the position that you're in, and then we'll talk a bit more about Ratatouille. So can you tell us a little bit about your science and how you got into uh, microbiology and food science? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think to start, um, probably, you know, when I thought what I want to do, when I want to study in university, I did not think science at all. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but I was a little bit lost. Uh-huh. So uh, I heard that there is something called food science and I thought, oh, I really like food. <laughs> and uh, This is something that I can, you know, see myself doing for the long run. Uh, so I enrolled into food science, um, and my degree was food science and biochemistry, and I wow. had no idea what biochemistry is. Wow. And, um, yeah, just discovered that through studies. And so then, with f- like, so you liked food, but you wanted to go down a science route. Because I have, like, I come from a, um, a family, well, my dad's a chef, right? So, really? Like, I love cooking and stuff like that, and I sort of thought that I would be a chef too when I was a kid and went into hospitality. You didn't think you would go down that sort of professional no, cooking? No, I kind of wanted to invent the next great food. Oh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I was thinking back then I could do like, you know, a low calorie chocolate or something. And um, yeah, I always was, um, I love cooking and I love eating, mm-hmm. but I always kind of love to know what's behind it. Yeah. Because so cooking and like food is, it's chemistry, the whole thing. Like you think about cooking it or baking a cake right there's yeah things changing at a molecular and chemical level to cook that cake yeah but it's also a lot of biology yeah <laughs> right so obviously you've got so you've got food science and microbiology yeah, as so well through in your that i yeah. got to microbiology uh-huh. and i became very interested in microbiology and yeah. food all the great food that we love are you know really fermented foods um and yeah, I just wanted to know more and more about that. So um, got involved in microbiology, did my uh, master's on yeast fermentation. Um, and then obviously the next progression was um, to take it to the next level and um, learn about wine fermentation. <laughs> yes. And then uh, where else in the world but Australia? Yeah. So the Australian Wine Research Institute. Where's is, that? It's in Adelaide, yeah. Adelaide. Oh, yes. Yeah. I think I may have actually been there. <laughs> oh, it's an amazing place. And they are very, very famous. Like yeah. They have this amazing world reputation. It was my dream to get there. And so what did you do there? Was that like a postdoc or a research gig uh, or PhD. something? PhD. Oh, they did your PhD yeah. there? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So I moved there to do my PhD and continued working on fermentation. And then, um, yeah, it's like before you know it, you become a microbiologist. Ah, <laughs> just a hop, skip and a jump. Yeah, really. <laughs> And so what's the, um, I mean, there's a huge connection now, people understanding more and more about the importance of 
microbiology in terms of human health. I think like a long time ago, not well, not long ago, people were like, oh, it's off. Like we can't eat it because it's got yes. mold growing on it. But actually probably like you just said, there's a lot of stuff that we eat that yeah. is moldy. Yes. <laughs> and that's kind of good for us, right? Like, <laughs> oh, Definitely. We, we start to know more um, – more about microbes in food and microbes in our body. Mm-hmm. And um, we're living through a great time for microbiology yeah, at the awesome. moment. Um, remember when I started it, um, most, even the research was about removing microbes, so food spoilage by microorganisms yep. and all that. But now we're starting to see the benefits. So it's more like bringing more microbes right. into food, um, really like celebrating all the fermentation processes uh-huh. and then understanding that the more um, we're exposed to microbes, uh, the more beneficial aspects we can have in our body. Right. So that. Does that mean we need to drink more wine? (laughs) (laughs) Just asking for a friend. (laughs) That's a tricky question. (laughs) And so what is it that you're doing now at UNE research-wise? So um, research into really it's all about microbial communities and – the dynamics that are happening between the communities and how they influence the host. Also, this is all happening inside of yes. our bodies. Wow. So, um, so I look at it in several aspects. So first of all, inside our body, the gut microbiome, um, which is so important for so many physiological processes. And the one that I'm looking at is the connection between the gut and the brain. So how they communicate between them, because there is a lot of communication happening. That's amazing. Yeah, and focusing on depression. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, and um, it's a major issue, depression, just... Um, keep on increasing yeah. and being, um, yeah, a massive issue. Yes. Um, the thing with depression is that uh, we don't really have a treatment yeah. for it. And the treatment that we do have is not uh, working effectively yeah. in most cases. So my research is actually looking at when you're taking pharmaceutical treatment, when you're taking antidepressant, how does that affect on your microbiome? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And we found some really interesting things. And um, sometimes antidepressants can actually act as antibiotics. So working on your gut microbiome in different ways. And um, we still don't know. We still don't know. Maybe that's why the treatment is ineffective because it destroys the microbiota. Or maybe that's why the treatment is effective in some cases because they're changing the microbiota that's affecting your brain. Oh my goodness. So it's... um, Maybe we could just unpack a little bit how the gut um, biota affects your brain and your mood how does that even happen like they seem like two completely separate parts of the body (laughs) they do but I think that actually intuitively we've always known you know you say I have a gut feeling and it doesn't sit right with me and it's kind of it's been in the culture and um culture I like what you did there Um, and you know, we know when we're hungry, we know when we're full. So there's always communication there happening. 
um, with the microbes, they connect in different ways. So they can actually trigger some of the, um, trigger the nerves that connects the gut to the brain, uh, or they can just um, produce compounds uh, through their own metabolism. And these compounds will go in the circulation and influence processes in the brain. That is amazing. It's incredible. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess people, yeah, you always sort of, you have these feelings, like you said, you know, like after you finish eating something, I feel sleepy mm. or I feel tired or I feel happy. Yeah. You know, and yeah. This is the, one of the reasons why. Yeah. And uh, it goes the other way because... If you're depressed, maybe you don't want to fit, you know, your appetite is lost and uh, you have all sorts of digestion issues that they always seem to coincide. Yes. And it's not a coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah. And I guess it's hard. It's a hard kind of hurdle to jump if you're not feeling up to it to eat well oh yes it could be a huge like um spiral for people you know to just keep eating terribly yeah and never feel any better yeah yeah it's um can spiral down very quickly yeah and so um any other research projects going on in that kind of sphere at the moment um so in my group, I look at uh, the microbial communities in the gut, but I also look at microbial communities uh, in agriculture. Oh. So looking at the microbes that are around um, the roots of the plants. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So this is something that um, it seems different, but it's actually the same. It's against the interaction between the microbe and the host, in this case, the plant, kind of changing uh, the growth and influencing uh, stress states or yeah. uh, growth states. And um, when we think of plants, we think of uh, plants growing in soil. Mm-hmm. And the soil has a massive um, microbial population. But... Um, some plants are not grown in soil, so in That's hydroponics. True, yeah. yeah. So what is the microbial population there? Yeah. Do they have any? They must. Well, Some. this is what we're studying. <laughs> <laughs> so they do have a microbial population. And what we're looking is trying to characterize that mm-hmm. and uh, see how it supports the plant. Yeah. So is it um, like my expectation would be that the ones that are grown in hydroponics would have a, a lower microbial sort of cohort around their roots? And I'm, would that affect the... The yield of the plant, would it be less? Uh, or we don't know yet. We don't know That's yet. That's a hypothesis, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That was the hypothesis. We're already <laughs> were able to contradict it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, <Cool>. yeah. <laughs> and we've actually uh, learning that the plant itself has quite a lot of influence on uh, what sort of microbial really? population grows oh. around it. It can farm its own microbial population. Something like that, yeah. Gee whiz, that's yeah. pretty meta. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I so, love it. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, okay, so let's talk about ratatouille. Why did you pick ratatouille? Because we would run into each other and you were like, you have to get ratatouille for me. And I was like, let it let it happen, right? So tell me why you wanted ratatouille so bad. <laughs> so first of all, ratatouille is a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you kept saying to me. I was like, yep, absolutely. Let's do this. <laughs> 
no, but I love the Cyflix um, yeah. initiative and I love how you run it with, you know, different uh, science topics. And um, some of these movies, like I watched before I was a scientist and now I'm watching them with like different eyes. Yeah, for and, sure. Um, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> so I thought, oh, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, really wanted to bring in something that would highlight the importance of food. Mm. Uh, and I think Ratatouille is the best food ever. <laughs> the best <laughs> movie food ever. Both are good. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I've watched it, I don't know how many times. Really? Yeah, yeah. When my, um, when my kid was uh, were younger. Um, but now I just watched it again this weekend. Oh, it's really? Just, yeah, so good to get back to it. <laughs> I was going to ask you if there are any other food-themed films that you were kind of tossing up between, mm. but has it always just been like Ratatouille is your first love? Yeah, I think so. There's another one that I think is a really good food film. Uh, it's called Chef. Oh, is that relatively new? Yeah, that okay. yeah. And by relatively, you mean like eight years or something Perhaps. like that. <laughs> <laughs> But it's not an animation. No, 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 no. But I thought it was, uh, it's a great movie. I just thought it it was um, including other topics Mm -hmm. that are still important, but like Ratatouille, I love that it puts food in the center. Right. But also um, the human connection to food. Yeah, that's right. And um, yeah, I thought it was, you know, beautifully done. And so how, I don't, I mean, without spoilers, how does Ratatouille um, highlight that human connection better than other, other films? So, because it, I think that's actually probably something really important to unpack is like how people relate to food because people like food's crazy, isn't it? Because we could just eat to survive, but a lot of the population in the world don't do that. Like, and food's such a huge part of culture and everything mm. like that. So I guess for Ratatouille, this is doing it. Yeah. Food. Yeah, um, there's a scene there. Uh, try not to give spoilers, <laughs> although I think most people would have seen it. <laughs> I mean, I actually haven't seen really? it. Really? No, I'm really oh, looking forward okay, to Saturday. So <laughs> I won't spoil it, but there's a scene there when someone tastes a dish um, and you can actually see how they take a bite and then it kind of transforms them uh. to when they were... Uh, you know, little to their childhood and coming home and memories of mom and all that. And, um, yeah, that's a great scene. Yeah. And um, it happened to me several yeah. times, you know. Uh, and it's very powerful when it happens that you take a bite and all of a sudden you're, like, literally transformed. Yeah. Uh, and you can almost, you know, um, there is something that transforms you to say, like, a situation that you think of in the winter, you can actually feel the chill and uh, it really, it's powerful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like, you know, a moment that says it all. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's awesome. I know exactly what you're talking about too. Like as soon as you started to describe those sorts of feelings, I think everybody knows, you know, those even smells can do yeah. it as well. They trigger something in your memory. Yeah. It comes back without your control. Yeah, it's like the whole experience. Yeah. And you're just like literally transformed for a moment. Yeah. And yeah. I'm really looking forward to this <laughs> now. Um, so is there... Um, what was I going to ask? So it's an animation that's aimed at kids and families. Um, 
I think. Um, why is that important when it comes to food science? Like, I mean, you said you've got a you've got a kid at home. Ah. Like, you think about what's that sort of relationship like at home with um, with kids and food science? Yeah, I think it's mostly about the family experience. So this is something that you know you can watch a movie like Ratatouille, and there's lots of animations like this today that you can actually watch the whole family. Yeah, and everyone will enjoy. Everyone loves it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. clever, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> it like it speaks on so many levels and. Um, I don't know, when you think of family experiences, for me, it's either, you know, dining on a big table or watching a movie together. Yeah. So Ratatouille just brings it all. Yeah. Um, I remember when we were growing up, it was because dad was a chef, you know, and hospitality kinds of um, experiences were... I guess it was a little bit strict in our family. You know, there was, we didn't really eat in front of the TV very often. We had to set the table. Um, Someone had to fold the napkins and we had to have the knife and fork on the right side and everybody sat down and, you know, it wasn't super strict, strict, but there were like rules, you Mm. know, and there was a, um, a system that we had to follow and we had to ask to leave the table, you know, if we needed to go or or finish and stuff like that. Um, and so I think that has really coached my, my kind of relationship with food and eating, um, from when I was really little, I suppose. I don't know if it's like that in many families. Yeah, (laughs) no, my family is the complete opposite. We would spend like, (laughs) I don't, not hours, but like the whole family would debate what are we having tonight? And then, um, many nights we would just eat and watch a movie. So what are we having for dinner? What are we watching? We would, um, eat all in the lounge and then uh would take us like i don't know 10 15 minutes to eat yep <laughs> and then we would all fall asleep <laughs> like that one on top of the other and <laughs> that sounds beautiful <laughs> that sounds perfect <laughs> oh, it was yeah very much the opposite but we do have um we do have in our culture, um, so I'm from Israel, so in the Israeli culture or the Jewish culture, we have um, massive meals um, and we have um, basically every Friday and mm-hmm. Saturday, they are. it's a day called Shabbat mm-hmm. and it's really a day of uh, spending time with your family and uh, resting, so no electronics, no distractions, just family. And we always have like massive meals. Excellent. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and do you eat, do you guys at home eat a lot of fermented foods? Um, what kinds of things do you make a lot of fermented foods at home? I what do, do you make? I do. I make a lot of um, fermented vegetables mostly. Oh, really? And I like sauerkrauts and sauerkraut. sauerkrauts and um, fermented carrots, basically everything. Um, And um, I make sourdough. Oh, awesome. uh, Yeah. And what do your kids think about um, the fermented foods? Because I remember being a kid and being like, ew, like that's kind of Yay. So one of my kids likes it, the other one not so much. <laughs> Everyone loves the sourdough. Yeah. But um, yeah, the vegetables is a little bit because uh, they can be kind of tangy, say. right? Like yeah, it's a little bit of an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't a huge fan until I started um, 
till I started studying gut microbiology mm-hmm. and then uh-huh. I looked at nutritional research and fermented food always comes up oh, as one yeah. of the major factors to uh, contribute to a diverse, healthy gut microbe, yeah. so gut health. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started kind of like making it more, learning about it more mm-hmm. and... Um, Today I'm a fan. I'm an addict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. tried to do a bit of. I, got, I think I got. I got on the like um, fermented vegetables train a few years mm. ago, and I was like, oh, I'll give this a crack. And they, this recipe that I found, told me to put in um, uh, whey, like from oh. making cheese, and uh, um, it worked. But you don't seem to no, be a huge fan no, of that. No, no, no. Tell me why. Why no. don't grow it up? <laughs> no, no. Um, you don't really need to. Mm, really? Um, yeah, because um, with the fermented vegetables, all the microbes are already in the vegetables themselves. Oh. All you need to do is kind of set the right conditions um, and then they propagate. I see. So you don't really need to. I like I like having things simple. Yeah. And um, using like... The original ingredients, yeah, and the like, fostering the right microbial community, and, and you a, can do that easily. Well, like it sounds so easy, but then I start thinking about like, and maybe this is a really silly question, but what's like, how can you be sure that it's going to ferment into something like delicious and healthy versus just rotting and becoming absolutely horrific? Like, yeah, what's no, like, that's a great question, <laughs> and I get asked uh, a lot. Well, first of all, um, you can always taste if yeah, it's that's not right. good. You can <laughs> check it. Yeah, smell it. Yeah, (laughs) and you can always see if there's like unexpected growth, if it comes Mm. all moldy and all that. So maybe not. Um, (laughs) So is that the factor? Like the sort of like, oh, yeah. yeah, Okay, right. Okay. But if if you smell it and you're like, that actually smells pretty good, I'm going to eat that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess, I don't know, what's the definition of pretty good? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because like blue cheese stinks pretty bad, but it tastes really good. Yeah, yeah. Well, fungal fermentation is a little bit more tricky. Mm. But like um, the fermented vegetables, that's bacterial fermentation and that's really easy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, right. And do you do any like any milky things as well, like kefirs and um, stuff like that? Or how do you feel about that? Not no, I'm I'm not a huge yogi. dairy fan. Oh, right. Okay. So um, nothing against it. I just um, don't really eat that. Mm-hmm. Um Slightly on the spectrum of lactose intolerance. I see. Okay, that could be dangerous, like experimenting Uh, with some. Yeah, (laughs) no. But, um, yeah, I haven't exhausted vegetables yet. (laughs) There's still so much to experiment. And... um, uh, vinegars. Oh, I love course. fermented yeah. vinegars um, from like leftovers and um, food scraps and yeah, all that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my food scraps, I don't have any food scraps anymore. I got chooks recently, so they yeah. can't save anything. <laughs> <laughs> With the milk stuff, I know you said you went madly into it, but it made me think about my trips to, uh, we do some paleontological field work in Mongolia and they love fermenting milk products. Oh, yeah. And um, I tried fermenting it's a beer they make a white beer it's alcoholic out of horse milk i just heard about it the other day yeah it's amazing and and in in mongolia that well where we were um there was no there's no sort of centralized like homogenization or pasteurization of things so if you wanted to buy some of this stuff you would just sort of go to someone's gear little um 
um, house, knock on their door and ask if they've got some for sale. Mm. And that's what the Mongolian guys with us do. So every time we go there, we try some and it's always different because it's from a different family and they have obviously a different um, community yes. of microbes that yeah. um, ferment in their um, horse milk. And the way that they, um, the way that I remember getting it out of, um, um, from this family was that we went into their gur and they have a skin on the wall and they just pour the horse milk into the skin and let it sit there. And then they would sort of get a little scoop and push the solids from the top and scoop from underneath. And that's what we would drink. Yeah, yeah. wow. And I bet they use the same skin the oh, whole yeah. time. Oh, yeah. yeah. You just keep pushing. You just keep putting more yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same skin and it's the same yeah. community. And yeah. it just keeps going and going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's amazing. That's, um, you also have like um, really like long historical yeah. evidence about uh, beer fermenters that would use the same baskets all the time. Oh. And basically you kind of, you preserve the microbial community. Oh my God. Like that. So that's a whole like evolutionary selection process. Oh my God, process. oh my God. That's true. Yes, that's yeah. amazing. Oh, and I've heard of people with the sourdough mothers that yes. have been like alive for hundreds of years or something like this. And it's like the same, so it's not the same bread really, I guess, but the community would evolve, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. and it would be, um, yeah, through time, it would be, like, specially designed just for that. Yeah. Um, I lo- I've been loving this chat, actually. There's something about food that's, <laughs> I mean, it connects science, but it connects people and culture and um, families and everything. Um, I mean, I grew up in a foodie sort of household, yeah. but had never really kind of thought about it like that that's awesome yeah um anything else we need to look at for in ratatouille on the weekend uh just have a great yeah time. i think we're all getting a free popcorn oh that's yes right. so we've organized with the belgrave for everybody to get i think it's a free small popcorn with their ticket um so make sure you pick up one of those um with the with the film at 2 10 uh this saturday the 22nd of october um so yeah thank you so much gal for chatting and we'll see you on the weekend yeah brilliant see you then